So before we get into the show, I'd like to start off by letting our listeners know exactly who we are talking to so that they kind of get a bit of background. So keeping in line with our theme of Women's Month and appreciating the women that push starts on their journeys and that inspire us every day, uh, we have here Miss Felicia Ditlek, who's an entrepreneur in the events business more than 10 years, co-founder of Women of Worth, and an active leader working on social economic issues in her community. And currently, she's helping vulnerable communities handle the impacts of COVID-19. Ma'am, how are you doing? Are you keeping well? I'm good, thanks. And yourself, Andy? The flu a bit healed this time. Uh, yes, it is. Eh? <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, it's, it's around about that time of the year. Yes, it's a time when everyone is getting sick. And now with COVID as well, you know, um, I think everyone needs to take extra precautions. Yes, that's true. And we need to be extra careful. So, ma'am, let's get right into it. You started off with entrepreneurship from a very long time. I just wanted to find out what motivated you to get started and what are the series of events that led you to the, um, the sentence, let, let me just start with my business? Um, well, initially I started IFI Function IA 12 years ago. Um, my family just relocated from Cape Town and I was unemployed due to the fact that the company I was working for in Cape Town had closed down and um, yeah, I was out of job in Johannesburg. A friend of mine then introduced me to the events industry and my husband suggested that I try and get into the business of hiring out items. Um, when it comes to the events that actually or the push factors that got me into the business, um, I started business very small with absolutely no knowledge of the events industry or even what it pertained. This business started, um, like I said, it started slowly. In 2010, I decided to upskill and obtain the diploma in events management, also in business management, where I acquired more in-depth knowledge in, of the different events um, event sectors, as well as how to do event budgets, run sheets, and so forth. I then realized that I could not manage a full-time job and still work on, a, on growing a business. So I had to make a choice and I decided to be my own boss 12 years later and I have no regrets. Oh, that's a wonderful story, ma'am. And I love the fact that you were really supported by your family throughout this. And it has been more than a decade. And what really keeps you on doing the job that you're doing now? What do you love about the business that you're doing in the events space? Okay, um, basically, I love the excitement, you know, on completion of a job. Um, I love the look on a client's face once the event has been completed and initialized, um, especially the fact that each functional event has a personal touch. And I always try and bring, um, bring life to the initial idea that a client actually requested or that a client had in mind. Oh, yes, I can see how, how that works. I've seen lots of your pictures on social media and everywhere else where Clients have their own requests. It could be a Smurf party and it could be a posh, extravagant masquerade party. So everything has a personality. Would you agree? Exactly. You, you need to always put, you know, the client's personality and also most importantly, what they want. You need to try and bring to life what the client wants. So the event space is known to be very challenging. I also dabbled in it um, a while ago and it is very fast paced. And what are some of the things that you, you were trying to balance when uh, prioritizing customer satisfaction and also as well making a profit in the business? Okay, um, there was quite a few challenges in the beginning, right? Such as finding reliable and suitable suppliers, as well as building a client base, getting good vendors, and then also supply and demand as the business started growing. Um, the 
the tactics that helped me, uh, you know, basically find my work working rhythm is um, the first thing I did was actually to volunteer at a large events company to gain knowledge and insight and also to educate myself on how an established event company operates. I then also hired and trained a few part-time students that assisted me with initial implementation of um, events. And today I'm proud to say that two of those students actually manage their own event companies. Wow, that's really great uh, in that you educated yourself and you also as well took the time to pay it forward and educate others as well. And I pick up a, 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 recurring, yes. a recurring theme here of you constantly educating yourself and also evolving with your business. Where did that come from? Is it something that you always had or is it something that uh, other people got you insp- inspired to do that? Look, a lot of it came from inspiration. And then also, you know, times have changed, trends have changed. Women have become entrepreneurs. And the most important thing that I believe is to always upskill. We do not know everything. It is important for us to educate ourselves, to know what's happening around us, and also to constantly evolve. That's definitely true. And it could not be more true now in the world of work that we live in. I mean, referencing back to your origins with the business, you started out because the company that you were working for has closed and the similar thing is happening now with COVID. A lot of businesses are, are closing and a lot of people are losing employment. Would you agree that this would be a good time for people to get started with entrepreneurship? Um, Andila, I actually think it's an excellent time. You know, although COVID has been challenging for every for everyone, it has also been a time for everyone to reflect and find their inner inner beings, inner confidence. And um, yes, I think that a lot of people have actually started looking at becoming entrepreneurs and started looking at ways of reinventing themselves and actually bettering themselves. Yes, that's definitely true. And entrepreneurship, I agree, has a lot to do with freedom. It, it, although it is tough, it also offers people a lot of freedom. And South Africa is really blessed with women from all over Africa that provide value, from both the informal sector and the, the formal sector. And we truly, truly appreciate them. So I would like to know more for, for women from a freedom perspective, why would they then go into entrepreneurship why would you encourage them to do so okay for women basically i would say that um times have changed since the 1970s and women entrepreneurs account for more improved economic growth and stability currently in south africa being a female entrepreneur also gives us more time and flexibility as women um look we are still the primary caregivers so it's important that we have that sense of flexibility in our lifestyles Uh, Being a female entrepreneur also gives you more control of your future and at the same time, also the freedom to follow your passion. That's true, ma'am. And the thing that you touched on is being a primary caregiver and that's still a a major factor in the world that we live in. How were you able to communicate that with your family, um, that you have all these responsibilities and still have ambitions of being an entrepreneur? For me, I must say, um, Andila, it's actually been quite easy um, because I've been running a business a business for so many years and I've also got two younger kids now. Um, my family has actually grown into the business. They've grown with me. So they kind of understand um, my drive, my passion, and they understand the importance of, um, you know, being a, a female entrepreneur and then also being a mom entrepreneur or a mompreneur, whatever you call it. <laughs> yes. But um. I must say that I'm very blessed to have a family that's very supportive and, um, you know, they basically involve themselves in the business as well and in the work that I do. That's, that's definitely it, ma'am. And I'm sure they were very delighted growing up, your, your four beautiful children, to also steal the treats 
from the events that you were doing as well. Yes, that's the perks of, of that's the perks of kids in an events family business. Yes, most definitely. So I I would like to get into now your active citizenship and the work that you're doing around the community, also with philanthropy. Where where did that journey start? I know you're an entrepreneur, and oftentimes as male entrepreneurs, we often get criticized for pushing profits over people. So where did your journey with charity and active citizenship begin? Okay, um, my journey with charity began basically 18 years ago when I was first actively involved um, with the children from Durbanville Children's Home in Cape Town. Um, when we moved to Johannesburg, we got involved with a few different organizations as well as the Salvation Army in Dornfontein. And every year our business has assisted with some type of social responsibility to assist with underprivileged kids in different communities. Active citizenship, I would say, began in 2015. After the passing of my husband, um, I was a very young widow and I faced many challenges. Mm -hmm. These challenges basically, um, yeah, these challenges only made me more passionate of people and more understanding of social difficulties that the average person in our community goes through. Well, that's a really uh, great story, ma'am, that you were able to turn a very tragic period in your life um, into something that is beneficial for people that are around you and shining lights to the people that are around you. Yes, yes, no, exactly. It's it's always important to give back, especially when, um, like you said, you've gone through something difficult. There's always something you can pass on to the next person. Definitely, that's true. So who were your uh, biggest influencer? I know you have mentioned your, your, your late husband, uh, Lord Bless His Soul as well. So who were your biggest influencers along with him in your journey from philanthropy any memories from childhood as well with philanthropy um when it comes to my my people that inspired me i must say that my dad was my biggest inspiration he was a business owner and he basically taught me um he taught me business skills he also taught me people skills and um he also in his own right was a philanthropist so i got of a lot of um how can i say motivation from him and there's quite a few people that inspire me in my community as well um there's a lady which is um she's basically the founder of women of worth an organization that assists women men and children with different forms of counseling and support um there's also a guy by the name of ricardo reynas he is the founder of the reynas foundation and he does excellent work in our community as well as Leonardo Green. He's the chairperson of the Alrado Park Neighborhood Neighborhood Watch. And this man has shown me true courage, sacrifice, leadership skills, and especially a love for his community. So basically, all these people do impeccable work in our community and have been a very big inspiration in my life and the work that I do. That's really great that you have all these people around you, not only as a support group, but also people that you draw inspiration from. And I know you work with exactly a, yes. Yes, I, I know you work with a lot of vulnerable individuals as well, women and children. You have mentioned that I in very dire situations. What do you think the average South African now, especially uh, during COVID, needs to know about the state of well-being for women and children in South Africa? Okay, um, and that's a, a very big, well, I could say, a wide topic, basically, just to discuss. But to be brief, our women and children are amongst the most vulnerable. And there are so many factors contributing to the effects, you know, factors such as risk behaviors, family relationships, social resources, and socio-economic um, conditions. So um, the situation we currently faced with is um, it's extremely dire. And it is important for um, a lot of people to get more involved and also to understand what is happening 
when it comes to well-being of women and children. I know right now when we head on to social media, and I know you're very active and you also share content about this as well, one of the dangers we can walk into is to generalize the issue and not look at the broad scale of the issue. And I love the fact that you, you share this information, not only in this episode, but the work that you do as well. You share the broadness of the topic and how there are so many nuances and intricacies to the topic and that we need to come together as a community in solving it. So, so ma'am, with, with all the news that we, we see on gender-based violence, um, especially in resonating now in, in, in Women's Month, it is hard to, to listen to all the things that are happening and not be moved. And you are basically on the front lines of things. How What keeps you grounded and what keeps you in check, in faith as well, the things that will, will get better and how do you manage your own mental health? Okay, um, what keeps me grounded in faith um, is the fact that I know that, you know, I'm, I'm a very Christian um, person and I believe that this too shall pass and we might not be able to have immediate mindset changes with in perpetrators, but by educating like our boy, our boy child, of this generation and offering them the support needed to grow up and change the cycle of abuse. I think that is what is vital at this moment, um, especially where keeping grounded is concerned. And then um, other things that keep me grounded is um, it's been an extremely difficult, difficult time keeping myself grounded. As you know, the lockdown period ha- the lockdown period has affected so many people. However, I use a few techniques that have assisted me during this time. Um, techniques such as taking time out to reflect, Mm -hmm. um, caring and helping, you know, people in need. Um, I also take breaks from social media and the news, and I also, um, it also helps take my mind off a lot of things. I also start my day like with a five minutes, you know, five minutes devoted, especially to myself to reflect. And I also have um, learned the importance of basing decisions in this crucial time on observation and objectivity. And then also, um, I think what is important is um, owning, you know, owning the moment and trying to break the best out of it and not to try and overthink everything. That's definitely Um, With regards to my mental health, I would say um, what I've been doing is I've been talking a lot about my feelings. I've been keeping active, um, you know, eating well, keeping in touch with family and friends, especially at this time. And then also, I think the most important thing is that I've taken time out you know, just to do to, to some self-care and self-introspection as well. That's really great, ma'am. And I love the fact that you, you tie in self-care into the things that you do. And as much as you care for other people and you care for your community as well, you're also taking the time to, to, to care for yourself and also make sure that your well-being is fine so that you can do the most in, in, in serving your community and serving the people that are around you. Yes, no, uh, I think self-care is extremely important. We cannot help or assist anybody if we're not mentally and emotionally okay. So for me, self-care is a, an, an extremely important topic and something that a lot of people should be doing. And we know that 2020 has, has been a whirlwind of, of, of a year. We faced a whole lot of things that we don't understand and we're still trying to, to make sense of. And we have learned that Cases of gender-based violence have increased due to the lockdown. How how do institutions that you work with assist victims in reaching out in a safe way that still ensures that they get the issue solved, but also as well that they are not compromised? 
Firstly, we need to understand that anxiety and stress does not cause domestic abuse, but it may increase it in families where it has already been perpetrated. We need to acknowledge that this is an extremely unsafe time for women and children that are victims of abuse. Therefore, um, it is important to offer support and check in with someone who you are personally worried about or you think is at risk. Um, there's a few support structures that have been implemented during the lockdown period as support for victims of abuse. Um, we've got basically we've got the gender-based violence command center. We've got online counseling and support. There's um, shelter accommodation that has been made available through DSD. Social workers of funded organizations have also been on standby right through the lockdown. Oh, that's, that's really great, ma'am. And we'll be sure to attach all of these centers and information in the show notes as well. It is always great to talk to you, ma'am, and to have a platform to talk about these issues. And more action is definitely needed. And we are grateful to have women like you on the front lines act- actively working in reducing the impact of COVID-19 on vulnerable groups and also as well waging a fight against gender-based violence. With that being said, what are some of the ways we can help as individuals on both the physical front and on an online capacity? And also as well, in closing, where can people find you? Okay. Um, Andile, as individuals, it's, it's important that we are vocal about gender-based violence and the impact it is having on society and not only be vocal about it, but also insist on more support to be offered to both victims as well as perpetrators. It is also important for individuals, especially males, to voice their opinions on gender-based violence and how these attacks on women and children has discolored the position of men in our society. Social media also plays a vital role as a means to getting the message out and across as far as gender-based violence um, is concerned. Okay, and then um, where can people find me? Well, um, I'm available on Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn. Um, my Facebook account is IFI Function Hire and Events Management. Twitter handle is at IFI Hire. LinkedIn, IFI Function Hire. And then also Woman of Worth Facebook page. My contact number, cell phone number is 067-078-5464. And my WhatsApp number is 062-078-5464. Thank you. Thank you so much, ma'am. And this, ladies and gentlemen, as you can see, is a woman that is willing to go on the front lines and really help out as well. So um, most definitely we should check out her social media handles and also uh, start the conversations as well. And I, I have to admit, I myself has, have been skeptical about voicing my opinion because I felt guilty in that, how can I help? How can I reach out? I didn't know how. But now with the conversation that we have at least now some light is being shown and I'm open to having conversations and I encourage everyone to do so. Thank you so much, ma'am, for your time. Thank you so much for your insights and the things that you've been sharing on the show are very, very um, insightful and empowering. I want you to thank you for coming through and I hope to have you on the show soon. Andile, I'd just like to thank you for having me on your show as well and um, all the best for your future endeavors.